I muted it again. So I'm, I'm, but this week we're starting off our new series called Grateful. It's something that the Lord's laid on my heart, let alone, it seems like every November we all like to go through, and there's been that social media trend, what are you thankful for? But this month, I just want to look at what we're grateful for. And God's kind of been speaking to me about where to go this week and, and through the whole entire month of, of things we often take for granted, but that we should be grateful for. So if you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning, we're going to look at Ezekiel chapter 13 if you've got your Bibles. I'm going to give you a little calisthenics this morning since you arrived this morning. So I figured we've got to get up. I've got to get up and earn off this donut I ate this morning. But if you have your Bibles, go to Ezekiel chapter 13. And if you don't get it, we have it on the screens. And it says, The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesied against the prophet." the prophets of Israel who are prophesying and saying to those who prophesy from their hearts or their own hearts hear the words of the Lord thus says the Lord God woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirits and have not seen nothing for prophets or your prophets have been like the jackals among ruins O Israel you have not gone up to into the breaches and or you have not Built or built up a wall for the house of Israel that it might stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. They have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord, when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect him to fulfill their word. Have you not seen false visions and uttered a lying divination whenever you have said, declares the Lord, although I have not spoken? Father God, you know where I'm going. You've given me the message. Lord, I just ask that you let it go and, and have the implication and the application that you want them to hear this morning. All of those, whether they're here and they've arrived or they're still in bed getting ready to watch this later, Lord. Let this be a word that has an impact on us today because, God, we want to be grateful for what you've given us. We want to be grateful that you are the good God that we love. But God, get me out of the way and use your spirit to lead me in whichever way you want to go. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, you may be seated. I'll be honest. When God put this scripture in my heart, I was like, okay, I don't know where you're going, God. But he says, we have to take attention and be grateful for the impact of who God is. I'll be honest, too. There are things that I take for granted a lot of the times, too. Like Brother Kenny alluded, I had wrist surgery. I, I had tore some tendons in my wrist, and I had to go through and have this whole thing opened up. And then now I'm looking at it going, man, I really took a thumb for granted. You don't know what life is like when you can't bend your thumb. And you're trying to pick things up. Better yet, if you don't have two thumbs and you're trying to play a video game, and, and you're like, i got to target this shot right here, and it doesn't go through right, and you're like, ah! You take things for granted. What about other things that we take for granted? What about the water in your house? Or better yet, the coffee cup. Like the one man that you witnessed have it go all over his lap, and he was like, I want to be like the McDonald's lady. What about the things that just seem so insignificant the moment your car starts? You see, we take things for granted, but there is other things that God has been saying that humanity has been taking for granted, and it's something that's got an impact that can transform everything if we would just truly seek after it. 
Ezekiel was alluding to this. You see, Ezekiel was, was always going around prophesying and doing whatever God said to do. But what he was witnessing and what God was trying to do is wake up his people to hear one truth. That our words have an impact, but only if they align in his word. But the one thing we often take for granted is his word. Can I say that again? Christians today take for granted because they think that they arrive on Sundays and they've heard it all to get them through the week. Other Christians, they're over hyperly spiritual. I'll be honest that, that we got some wacky people sometimes it seems like in the church where they're waiting for the goosebumps and they only believe it if they feel that little tickle of, 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 of what do they call it, chicken skin on their arms and they think that that's the impact that's going to make them go, ah, I've got it, I've arrived. They took for granted the simpleness and the awesomeness of God's word. You see, God doesn't always shout at us. Sometimes, I'll admit, he shouted at me and said, what are you doing? Like, like when Jonah was, was trying to run away from the command to go into to, to Nineveh and preach against what they were dealing with, and he was like, where are you going, Jonah? And he's like, I'm running away. But other times he's whispering to us saying, what are you doing? Are you really supposed to do that? Did I really ask you to do this? We take those things for granted until we, we lose sight. I've watched the church, not this church, the whole body of the church, of, of many different vessels and, and different denominations and all these different things, taking his word for granted. They try to twist it and, and, and do what the prophets that, that Ezekiel was, was, was mentioning, which was to basically make it their intention of what they want. How many of us today would, would, would grudgingly, I'm not asking for hands, I honestly don't want to know. I just want you to examine your heart. How many of us would say, I like it when the word aligns with what I want right there in the moment? Let me be honest here. I tell you I'm hot all the time, humble, open, and transparent. I'm just real. Let me tell you, there are some times in my life when I want God's word to make me feel better and not to condemn me. Because when it condemns, it hurts. When he speaks sometimes and he gives me that, that chastation that I need because I know I'm in the wrong and he knows I'm in the wrong and he's trying to tell me you need to get back on the right and straight narrow path, it hurts. Too often I want to I live this life where I can relate to God and I can feel squishy inside. Truth be told, we got a whole generation coming up some of us are still in that, that weird, awkward generation where we're still connecting with the new stuff and not only relating to the old stuff, but yet we find our comforts not in things that he says we should. Be real, the young generation, they're all obsessed with the internet. Let me tell you, the internet was a great, uh, a great development. It was an awesome thing. It still is. But it brings so much travesty and, and degradation into our lives because we seek after that before we seek after his word. It's like, when I have a question, what do I do? I, I should rephrase that. Let me ask you. When you have a question and you don't know the answer, what do you do? You Google it. 
What about when you're sick and you need to ask a question and try to figure out if you're really going to die or not? And then you WebMD it and you're like, I got a cough, my back hurts, and it says you have cancer. Let me tell you, I'm a WebMD aholic, even though I was a nurse at some point. I still Google this stuff up and I'm like, I'm dying, honey. Melissa, look, I look, look, I'm dying. And she's like, shut up. Other times, we live our life looking for a fortune cookie, right? Let me tell you, I love Chinese food. I like a lot of Chinese food. So if you ever want to take me to lunch, I'm just going to say, just take me to Chinese food. My favorite part about Chinese food is the fortune cookie. Why? I don't know. The cookies taste nasty. They're always stale. I just like cracking them open and, and looking down and seeing what it says. But sometimes the fortune cookies don't always line with what we want. I love the fortune cookies that says you're, you're blessed and, and your pursuits of, of great we- of fortune are chasing after you in your hot pursuit. You ever had that kind of fortune cookie? Let me tell you, I've gotten like 10 of those and they've lied so far. <laughs> or better yet, your future looks good. I did Google fortune cookies just so I always have a good reference. Or the better one, the future is just around the corner. I did have one that says, you're going to meet the woman of your dreams in the next 10 minutes. And I'm like, honey, I apparently just met you 10 minutes ago. But what happens when we get fortune cookies that are not good? One that says, I can't help you, I'm just a cookie. I see money in your future, but it's not yours. Those are the more realistic ones, right? But you see, as Christians, too often, we come to God expecting him to give us the good fortune cookies that will give us hope. And what he's truly trying to do is waken us up and be something different. He's trying to speak something in us that will empower us to walk through this life with a better ability to withstand everything that's going to come at us. Everything that comes at us whether it's a broken down car and a broke bank account at the same time, and God's like, you just trust me, and you'll watch something come through, but it's not going to come through the way you expect it to. Or better yet, you lose your job, and seven months later, you're still waiting for a job, and then all of a sudden, his word comes true when he says you're going to go and do something different. That's my testimony. Better yet, a sickness and you don't know if it's going to get better, but he says, I'm with you nonetheless. You see, we have to be a people that are hungry and not taken for granted the one thing that he said he would always give us, which is his word. There's a reason why the Bible is still the best-selling book of all times. No, it's not an Oprah Winfrey novel. No, it's not a Dr. Phil novel. No, it's not a Joel Olstein book. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God that we often leave sitting at home with dust all over it, never opening in its pages, never listening to the words that have an ability to cut us deeper into the marrow of our souls that can change us. It's the one thing that we take for granted because we're so okay looking for everything that will bring us comfort. And that's the struggle we deal with day in and day out as Christians because you know what? We do have a good devil who likes to lie to us. 
We have a lot of devils inside the church today that are still lying to people, telling them that it's okay to be this or that, and, and God loves you nonetheless. Well, that is true in some ways. He says, I didn't leave you there to keep you there. He didn't go to the cross just to give you a little warm feeling, saying you're saved. Just, just go and keep doing what you're doing. I saved you. No, he promises so much greater depth in, in all of our pursuits if we will not take this one thing for granted, which is his word. You see, we all love to hear good news. But when, too often the news that we want to hear is only the news that we like to hear. Who here is tired of political commercials? My kids are on YouTube, and they've said they've seen over 100 commercials within two hours. And they say, Dad, is it ever going to stop? I said, honey, I hope it stops on Tuesday. Can I just get an amen to that? Can, can we just say, once Tuesday's done, we're thankful. Why? Because it's over. We get rid of that news and we start focusing on other news. But let me tell you, the second it's over, I'm going to turn the news on. It's going to be the next travesty. It's going to be the next darkness. It's going to be the next thing. And all I want to do is put on log cabin builders and just watch them build a cabin from the ground up, thinking I could do that too. Better yet, I just want to turn on a good movie and just sit back and relax and just watch Spider-Man beat up Captain America in a movie. At least I got one laugh in there, Brother Chip. Good job. But what I was reminded of as I was studying the text this week was Israel's heart for what brought them comfort. It's the same thing that we deal with today in this world. They wanted the answer from God that they wanted and they didn't want to accept it no matter which way they could go. They would keep going, you didn't give me the answer I want, I want this one to go give me an answer. You didn't give me the answer I want, ah, your head's off. Go give me another one. Give me another answer that I want. You don't give me the answer, okay, let's go. It's the same thing we deal with today. God, we're like, God, we go to prayer, we're like, God, help me in this situation. Give me the, the $1.6 billion lottery ticket that's going to win this month. Who else is praying that prayer? Let me tell you, I might be praying that prayer, but I'm not buying no lottery ticket. <laughs> but we're asking God, God, I need this. God, give it to me this way. Oh, and then he gives you an answer, and you're like, I don't like that prayer. God, give me this. And he gives you the same answer, and you're like, God, that's not what I want. So you keep asking him, and you're still not getting the answer you want, and you're like, okay, I guess I'm just going to go through the insanity model. Because you know insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different event to change, right? King Ahab was just like us in that aspect. King Ahab had an opportunity to turn his heart to God. He had the opportunity to transform his heart when the prophets were coming by, but he didn't want to listen to him. He'd rather listen to his wife Jezebel. And what I found even more interesting when I got into it and I was remembering the story as God was exposing it in 1 Kings chapter 22 and it says, and the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, there is yet one man who we may inquire with of the Lord. I'm going to butcher his name. Micaiah. 
Brother Jim, am I right on that one? You're the biblical scholar, right? With all that red tape of yours. Micaiah, the son of Imla. But I hate him, is what he says. For he never prophesies good concerning me, but evil. Can I let that sink into you real quick? Ask yourself. Has there been a moment in your life where you've been praying that God will give you the good answer and he gives you the, the answer you don't want and you just keep going, I'm not ready for this. Let me go find somebody else. You come to the pastors that you've been under and you're like, Pastor, I, I'm in this situation over here. I'm struggling. I'm doubting. I'm discouraged and all these different things. Can you give me a word from God? And the pastor looks at you and says, Nope. I guess you're stuck up a creek. You better start turning or you're going to start burning. And then you're like, I don't like that answer. Let me go find the, 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 the parish. Go over here and talk to the priest over here. And you talk to him and you get the same answer. And you just keep going back and forth. And then you start looking at people in the world saying, woe is me. Because all I keep getting is the negative answer when God is truly trying to wake you up to his truth that he needs you to have in your heart. You see, we got to be grateful. grateful, a heart that's ready to receive and, and that's willing to understand that, that there's a humility in the aspect of something that's in your life that you didn't earn, but you, you need. It's like water in your house. Let me tell you, I went a week without water in my house. I was grateful I had a church with water, but it was horrible to take cold baths in. You see, we all can have things that we take for granted. Like a spouse. Like our kids. We got some older generation in here. Grandkids. Things like that. Family we take for granted. Car, running. But I still find it so interesting that God kept speaking that we take Him for granted. You see, God spoke it all into motion. He formed you and put you in a time for such as this, for his purpose, so that you could exalt him, but also be the vessel and the messenger of his message, of his love and his grace and his mercy. He puts you in this place and these moments to say that I have good and not evil for you, but you have to turn from all that you've dealt with and trust me in it. But we have people who struggle. We have people who struggle to even open us up. We have people that have told me, Pastor, I love God, but I don't understand this. Pastor, I love God, but I can only get through the first chapter of Genesis and then I'm lost. Pastor, I love God, but this is too much. I can't know. I can't live this out. Pastor, I love God, but... I want the goosebumps. Let me tell you, God's purpose is so awesome. This whole book right here, it's not just a book. It's called the living word for an impactful reason. It's the word of him who spoke it through his prophets and his people as they wrote it out. I can tell you when Paul was writing the book of Romans, he didn't have some great epiphany. He had the Holy Spirit moving through him with the intention to grow the body. 
Paul didn't know that his letters that he was writing to small little group churches all throughout the whole region was all going to impact the church in such great priority that if we would just humble ourselves and listen to it, it would have the impact. Paul didn't even understand that. David didn't understand it when he wrote what we classify as Psalms 118, which turns out to be the very middle chapter of the entire Bible. And then in verse 8, which turns out to be the very middle of the whole entire Bible, as you look at it, when it says, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. You see, God is trying to speak to us with a truth that we need to have as, an, as a hope in everything that we have, but we often take it for granted. You don't understand when you get into the book of Proverbs and the impact it can have to, to radically transform your thinking. How when you're having a bad day and you open up the book of Psalms and you start singing the Psalms of of what these men and women of faith had went through. How they can lift up your spirit and get you through the moments. We don't understand this. We look at it into our lives and we see the darkness that's in it as we read through what what the the debauchery is that, that the Holy Spirit is trying to get rid of in our lives. And start putting on a holy nature and and receiving the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. It's in those moments that we can see a radical transformation if we would just not take this for granted. But what God has been saying is for too long the church has gotten too quiet. For too long the church has gotten too illiterate in the aspect of this word. We have ministers that are preaching the word but have never read it. Shocker. Let me tell you, those are the ones that are twisting it. Those are the ones that are are making God have his word be the false prophets that the world doesn't need any longer. But what God is trying to say is, I loved you too much to let those men have the voice that they don't need to have anymore. The Lord spoke in my spirit this morning and he says, I want you to look at Revelation chapter 6 verse 8 and it talks about how the the fourth seal gets pulled open and how death starts going across the earth because of the false prophets. Because they're losing heart and they're losing steam of, of, of their hope because they're losing that gratefulness and that desire and that hunger that we have to have for the one thing that can transform us. Because let me tell you, as much as I'm an okay speaker, as much as I've lived out my life, as much as I've met men and women of God who were great examples, they didn't transform who I was. As much as I loved my pastor in Middletown, Ohio, and I watched him be a mighty man, and I still watch him be a mighty man of God, he was a good representative, but he didn't transform who I am. I wasn't transformed overnight from being a a, a mouth of a sailor, a a, a two-pack-a-day cigarette drinker, uh, every night drinking tequila kind of guy. It took the time when I got so hungry that I I looked at the Word and I said, I need to get this in me and so it can transform me. I need this in me so it can transform me. I need it in me so that something in me could be different because I knew God has something greater. Let me tell you right now, we struggle too much today because we still lose heart, because we still doubt God. But God's word is still true today. 
Can I say that again? God's word is still true today for every single one of us. For every single one of us in every word. I agree whoever said that this morning. You see, Joshua 21, 45 says, not one word of all of God's good, or good promises that God has made to the house of Israel has failed to come to pass. Not just Israel, but for us. Let me tell you, the Bible still says that if my people would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven and I will see some mighty things happen. Fair, paraphrasing there. But it's true. If we would look at it and ask that God would speak through it, we would see the difference that he's trying to get us to waken up. Psalms 33 and 4 says, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. Proverbs 30 and 5 says, Every, good, or every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. In Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers away, or withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord God, our God endures forever. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning. But we got to stop looking to the great oracle of Google for our answers. We got to stop looking to the, to the mightiness of WebMD for our health and concerns. We got to quit looking for the distractions of social media to get us through these days. Better yet, Sometimes we got to put down the, the addiction of football and soccer and all the sports that would distract us from his purpose. And I praise God today that I have no longer the distraction of video game playing because I'm grateful that he's given me this time that he can pour into me even greater when I would rather be playing first-person shooters. Can I get an amen? Man, that was weak. Can I get an Amen. I need some participation. I got 10 more minutes. And if you don't participate this morning, I might go longer because I still got five pages of notes. <laughs> Last week, I was, I'm just doing a side thought here. Last week, I had a half a page of notes and I preached for 30 minutes. So you know if a half a page lasts 30 minutes, you don't know what five minutes will go to. <laughs> uh, Pastor Eddie back there is saying amen. Okay, Pastor Eddie, you want to go here until three o'clock? I got gotcha. you. You see, we have all the information at the hands of our feet, and we have the fortune cookies that the world would want to give us to make us feel good. But we have to understand that if it's still true today, we need to apply it in our lives and all that we are. The only way we can ever do that is if we actually read it ourselves and invite the author into it as we read it, that he speaks to us through it. Let me tell you, there are days that I ask him to come in here and I read this one verse that I've read probably a thousand times. And all of a sudden, it comes alive in a different way that I never even understood it. And he says, this is for you right now because I need to speak it to you. That's the power of the word that we often take for granted. But I'm so grateful that I have this in my car. I have this in my office. I have this in my house. And I even have it on my phone when I need it. Because there are days in the moment that I'm walking around Walmart with my wife and I'm like, I got to get out of the situation. And I read my word. She hates it, but I love it. Because the word is still relevant today. Come on, tell your neighbor today, it's still relevant today. Man, 
participation. Come on, guys. i got to get you alive in here this morning. Because if it's still relevant today, it still answers the questions that we often ask for today. Many people in the world are still asking after the pandemic and everything, are we loved today? The word tells you are. John 3.16, we all can quote it. For God so loved the world. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you. And I will, take, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You are loved because he's holding you up. 1 John 14 and 16 says, So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, for God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. And better yet, 1 John 4 and 19 We love because he loved us first. Let me tell you, somebody in this world, somebody needs to hear that this morning. His word is still true and it's still speaking that he loves us so much that when we go through the Gospels, we can tell that God loved us so much as we watch Jesus pour out love for us on the cross. As we witness his interactions with his disciples and his love that comes through it because God didn't have to bankrupt heaven to to put Jesus on this earth but he loved us for it. Somebody might be asking, am I struggling? Why am I struggling? How can I get through this struggle? Romans 8 and 31 says, if God is for us, who can be against us? 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Sometimes we need to understand that the word is still relevant and it has the impact if we'll just let it take root in our hearts then we can understand that Philippians 4 and 19 says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. But the problem we have is we have to remove this ungratefulness in our hearts. That's the hard part. Where we ask God, God, what am I taking for granted? Like that man in the video. God, what am I taking this for granted for? I mean, it's sad that he had to go through losing his cereal, his cup of co- or his cup with his co- with his coffee going in his lap, his car. But it wasn't until he lost his dog and all the tragedy in between that he realized that he was taking the one thing that we need to treasure the most. So what did he do? He turned from God. He returned to God and he said, God. Check my heart that I might be grateful. See, that's what we need to do right now in our lives. If you've read the book or the whole Bible all the way through, and you're like, I'm good, I've read it all the way once, let me tell you, you've not read it enough. If you've read it a thousand times, you've not read it enough. And if you've luckily read it a million times, you've not read it enough. Because it still has the power to transform you no matter how much you've, cra- or you've thought you've learned. Let me tell you right now, we can't take it for granted. There's so much we take for granted of God, but the Word should never be the one thing that we do. We should let it be the thing that we desire when we wake up. We should let it be the thing that we want to go to bed with before the cup of coffee. We should listen to His Word and let it be the thing that transforms us. I got four minutes. Four minutes. Four minutes. 
You see, we are like the children of Israel as we come out of Egypt. So easy to get comfortable. It's so easy to get so complacent in all that we do. Trust me, raising five daughters, it's easy to just say, I just got to get through this day and get to bed, and I don't need to get to his word. Just because the stress is so much. It's easy to let the worry and the, the struggles of the day build up upon you to where we're just so accustomed to it that we lose heart. But I'm asking us to pick up a, a heart like Moses, that when we hear his word, that we desire to do what he asks. Not what everybody else is asking us around us. When God said, Moses, stick out your rod and put it in the Red Sea and watch what I do, we have to think that's the same for us. If God asks us to do the miraculous and the crazy ideas, if we're faithful, we'll see it. But that only comes when we trust him and we connect with him. Then we can actually have that hunger and that thirst. Then we can actually see the world transform. We need more Christians like Moses that are not looking for the goosebumps but are looking for the truth. We need more Christians that are like David who, who could stand against the giant and said, the word of God is still true today, that, that nonetheless, no matter what you try to cast at me, giant, you're going down. We need to have the heart of Daniel who says, I don't care. I'm going to be obedient to it nonetheless, even when this world falls to craziness. Do what you must, but God is still on this throne. You see, we have to have those hearts. But we first have to transform from Peter, who he was before when he was just Simon, to Peter, who God called him to be. If you'll stand with me this morning. I've got more notes than I don't got time. I'm sure it'll pile up into the next sermon. But I want to ask everyone this morning, have you taken it for granted? Have you taken him for granted? Do you need to ask him to come back in and, and restore this love in your heart? Because he will. But it takes you saying, God, I'm so sorry. I've taken you for granted. God, I'm so sorry that I didn't hold you up to be who I know you are in my life. God, I'm so sorry that I've let all of this worry and all of this struggle take root in my heart. Lord, be first again. Be the first love. Let me desire your word because it's as sweet in my ear better than my wife or my husband. So if we'll just pray this morning. Father God, just be sweet in our ears again where we thirst and hunger after your righteousness and your word as it transforms us. God, I'm so tired of taking you for granted this morning. I'm so tired that, that there might be things in this world that will distract me and make me get so weary and so tired that I just can't get into it. But God, let me have that strength and that energy and that hunger and that thirst to get into your word, to hear it, to let it have the implication and the impact that it needs to have to transform our lives. God, we need you. But we need your word in our lives and all that we do. Lord, I ask you just encourage us all when we get distracted to nudge, 
Have you read my word? Have you heard my voice today? Because God, we know that when we read your word out loud, that is your word and your voice coming true today like it is when we hear you speak. But God, we just need to have that hunger and that thirst today. Touch us. Move upon this church. Move upon whoever hears or watches this sermon. Whatever they're going through, Lord. Let them know that your word is still true and still valid and still powerful more than ever today like it was yesterday and the day before that. But God, just let it be that thing that we need and hunger for and all that we are. And God, let us never, never take for granted your truth and your ways. Lord, I pray this, and we all said... Amen. Church, I love you all. New people here. I haven't met you yet. I look forward to talking with you guys some point in time. But we're so thankful that you're all here with us this morning. I'm so thankful you didn't oversleep because I've preached to an empty room and it's not fun. But that being said, let's go and be the church because the church is you as you go out and, 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 and you interact with all of those around you. Go love your neighbor as yourself. Go and, and, and just tell somebody about Jesus. And go and be thirsty for his word. I'll see you all again next week. Love you all. See